Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Melanie C., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, February 10th, 2015. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 49, starting with paragraph 1. Today's readers are The 12 Steps, Diane G., The 12 Traditions, Debbie B., and reading the text, Terry H., Chelsea H., Michelle K. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, February 9th, 2015, 7313. 7313. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence, and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Diane G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Diane G. from New Hampshire. Grateful to be here this morning to read the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. <clears throat> Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Melanie, and I pass. Thank you very much, Diane G. I will now ask Debbie B. to read the 12 Traditions. Thanks, Melanie. Debbie B., Recovery Composable Reader for today um, in Canada. 
12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. OA, eight, sorry, nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you very much, Debbie. B. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To, sh uh, to share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 49, paragraph 1, and I will ask Terry H. to begin our study. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Mel. Thank you. Good morning, A Vision for You. My name is Terry H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Maine. Instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, sparing out of God's ever-advancing creation, we agnostics and atheists choose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all. Rather vain of us, wasn't it? We who have traveled this dubious path that used to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion, we have learned that whatever the human fatalities of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. People of faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, 
We used to have no reasonable conception, whatever. We used to amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices we might have observed that many spiritual-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. And um, there's there's a lot in these two paragraphs, and... uh, this I just want to kind of focus a little bit on the on the first paragraph where it says instead of regarding ourselves as intelligent agents, spearhead of God's ever advanced creation. So for me, you know, I just um, there was there was a lot of ego for me, um, you know, that I could figure this you know figure this thing out on my own, and you know, I sat in sat in the rooms of OA for the longest time, you know, just thinking I had it all, and I just I, I just could not humble myself to to be open to, you know, more. And, you know, the second paragraph, it says, you know, we who have traveled this dubious path beg of you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. So here again, you know, they're not just asking me, they're begging of me to, to lay aside prejudice because, you know, they've had the experience too, you know, recovered, they've, you know, these 100 recovered, you know, um, alcoholics have had this experience too and they're, and they're really not asking me, but they're begging me to lay aside prejudice because they against organized religion because they realize how important that you know this this may you know really uh, stump my my uh, my my progress in in my recovery. So um, you know, for me, uh, you know, I was so quick to judge you know the lives of others' belief, but um, you know, how was my life? You know, why was my life so out of order? You know, that was the question for me and. You know, my prejudice towards spirituality and religion, you know, really does nothing for me. Um, I found that it only prevented me from seeing the positive that faith was helping people to live a happy, you know, and better life, you know, way better than mine because, you know, so, you know, stuck in ego and not really being open to anything else. And so, you know, what I've learned from this, you know, if I keep acting upon my misguided ideas and attitudes, you know, um, it's only going to keep me blocked in the end of having this, you know, this life full of uh, purpose and meaning. And um, so, you know, for me, it was it wasn't until I finally set aside my old ideas that really allowed me to open my mind and begin to move in a, a new direction. You know, that new direction of hope. Um, so I'm really grateful that you know I had to see my insanity in step one before I could go along with the idea of needing to be restored in, in, for my sanity in step two. And, you know, there's a couple places here, you know, it says that I can make a beginning. And, you know, the first first place, you know, it says directions for making a beginning is just lay aside that prejudice even against organized religion. And a couple places here, you know, that, you know, that gives me a reason to believe in it. It's a little bit down. It says people with faith have a logical idea of what life is all about. Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception, whatever. So that tells me that people of faith, are, you know, are, are pretty um, living on sanity, um, you know, living on the road of sanity. And the bottom line, spiritually-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds are demonstrating a degree of stability, which, you know, for me is sanity, happiness, and usefulness, which we, we should have thought ourselves. So I'm so grateful for this paragraph because it opens me more to know that they they too, you know, um, had this, um, you know, had this experience, and I'm so grateful that, um, you know, too is just being open. Um, I don't have to believe in anything, but just to be open that there's a new direction that I can go. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Terry H. 
Who would like to comment on these two paragraphs this morning? Jenica? Larry? Renata? I have uh, Jenica, Marcella, Renata, and Larry. Let's start there, please. Good morning. This is Jenica, a grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. And I feel really um, grateful to be able to get on the live meeting this morning. Um, I hear in this paragraph the direction to um, lay aside my judgment of organized religion. And um, to me, what I hear for myself is, well, I, I grew up in a religious community and um, have never found great fault of my own religion and religious community, um, but I have definitely had the opinion and grown up with the opinion of, oh, but it's, you know, I'm I'm so glad I was uh, born into this community because the other community, you know, the other faiths are wrong. And um, I think that for myself, it sort of set a precedent of thought, of a thought pattern that um, there were right ways and there were wrong ways. And whenever I have a judgment, it closes me off to the the possibility of um, receiving truth and receiving whatever uh, any other area of the world has to offer me. Um, so in recovery, I'm learning to uh, set down set down my judgments and and to see the good in many ways which people are living and um, something that the first paragraph brings to mind is that uh, my own uh, on a daily basis, I have a struggle with uh, sort of between well letting God rule my thoughts or my and my my higher power rule my thoughts or my reason rule my thoughts and I notice that when I let my my own reason rule my thoughts I start thinking about the past and I start thinking about the future and it's really really hard for me to think to to live in the present but that when I um can sort of set aside the busyness of my own mind and um, just try and and put myself in a more spiritual frame of mind, suddenly I am able to uh, live in the present. And that, to me, is proof that um, this is the right path to be following because... Um, because this is a happy way to live, because it's working for me today, and that's all I need. So that's what I'm going to share for today. Thank you so much, and I pass. Thank you, Jenica. And Marcella M. Marcella, please press star one. Can you see me now? I can. Good morning. Oh, thank you. Good morning. Thank you. Marcella, I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Happy Jewish and free. Even though we're buried on six feet of snow in Boston, but I'm still happy Jewish and free because I know that there's a reason for absolutely everything. 
So we're right here on step two. <clears throat> and we also see the seeds of attraction and not promotion. The man of faith that might be attracted to me are the ones who are stable and happy and productive. And and like many others, I was born in a religious community. And and I was born with a microchip of faith. I mean, I've never, that's never made my problem. I've always been aware of the presence of the one who created the universe. But that doesn't mean that I had an easy relationship with my creator. Actually, my very first conscious prayer was a very angry one. And I had a terrible fight with the God of my understanding when I was four years old. And, And I just kept fighting with God. So if we go back a few paragraphs, he says, it's as long as we have a simple attitude towards the conception or the experience of a higher power. Because it doesn't matter how faithful I was, I couldn't stop eating. I knew in my mind that it was not in my best interest, and yet I could not stop. And I was listening to men of faith, but I couldn't stop. So I didn't find relief from my addiction in religion. And I'm not saying anything wrong about religion. I'm just saying that my ability to 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 gain relief from my addiction was not found for me in religion. Oh, the, the, the big book and the experience of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, that's where it made to me. That's where I found it. That's what did the trick. When I was overeating and constantly, in constant torture, what did I eat today? How far am I going to be tomorrow? What can I wear today? What is going to fit today? How big I am? How much can I eat? How much I ate? How can I get rid of these calories? There was no room for God. There was no room for an, a spiritual experience. And nothing made sense. No matter how much yoga I practiced and no matter how much, how much I went to retreats and how much I studied about my, the, the tradition of my parents, I never, nothing made sense. Nothing made sense. And my world was confined to a teeny little prison of, of food and overeating and the struggle with my shape and my weight and my size. And now the big bulk of alcoholics and I must show me literally a way out. So what is that I have to believe? In my years of sobriety, I've seen people who are really, really atheist, agnostic, recover. And I've seen really just people recover. So believing in the traditional conception of a creator and a God is not a requirement. It's not a requirement. It is a simple attitude of humility. We are not, we cannot, we're not the ones who say the final word, as he says in this line, we don't, we don't say the final word. Oh, no, when it comes to food and food intake, we cannot say the final word because our minds are blurry and we are addicts. It's not that overeating is like alcoholism. It is addiction and it blurs the mind and it kills you. But there is a way out. As long as we just believe or believe as in curiosity, is there any possibility that there is a higher power who can relieve me from this insanity? And that, as soon as we say yes, we're on the right track. And thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Marcella M. Renata G. Hi, Melanie. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. This is Renata G. Recovered Compulsive Reading, New York. Um, You know, it says that we agnostics and atheists choose to believe that our human intelligence was the last word. And uh, so that's telling me that it's a choice. 
right? It was my choice to believe that I was self-sufficient, that I could control it. And, uh, you know, when I when I realized that it is not enough, that I couldn't do anything about my disease, then I become hopeless. You know, and no human being can live without hope. And that's the principle of step two, hope. You know, and so they say, you know, beg of you to lay aside prejudice. So what choice am I going to make, you know, to lay aside my prejudice and try to follow, you know, this spiritual path? Or am I going to continue holding on to my ego and choosing to believe that one day I'll be able to overcome this spiritual malady, you know? And the doctor's opinion, it mentions on page XXX that, um, you know, uh, you know, the some men make the supreme sacrifice rather than continue to fight. So I can, you know, either give up, right, and be hopeless and not be willing to to become open to, to new ideas, or I can continue to fight. I can pick up these 12 steps and try to change things, try to, you know, do something different, uh, try to rely on something different other than me and see what happens. Uh, and with that, okay, thanks. Thank you, Renata G. Larry Kay, good morning. Good morning, Melanie. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. Um, you know, you know, there I was years ago, um, you know, cloaked in my pride, full of judgment, of course, day after day. You know, my, my my cup runneth over with me, myself, and I, you know, every day, yet I didn't know it, you know. And, yes, I, I, I would amuse myself by, you know, where it says cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices. When I Maybe uh, I could have observed, you know, what these these spiritual beliefs were doing for others. Um, and it's so interesting, you know, um, the instability in my life in my life, you know, I had all these degrees and uh you know, and I thought uh very highly of myself, you know, in so many ways, and yet here I was, a hundred pounds more than I am today approximately. Here I was where fear, anxiety were my constant companions. You know, here I was you know, where I couldn't have relationships. I couldn't have intimate relationships. I could, I really couldn't have any relationships. Here I was where um, people kept stepping on my toes, you know, bosses, uh, coworkers, um, family members. Boy, were they all so terribly unstable. Why couldn't they be more like me? Then the world would just be fine. And, you know, in, in, that, in that state, I came into the program thinking, well, you know, maybe I'll lose a little bit of weight, try something else again. And, uh, and, and I hadn't barked because I didn't come here to have a spiritual awakening. I can assure you of that. I was way too uh, intellectual and way too rational for that. But that is indeed what happened to me. And I began to, I think what this program did for me more than anything else is it, it allowed me to uh, ultimately to become humble, to become humble and to recognize that there is a power greater than myself. And, there, and within that was freedom, 
I have a freedom today that I, I couldn't have imagined. And I, I never realized that freedom would come from surrender and that I couldn't surrender of my own thinking. I, had, I couldn't think my way out of this one. I had to subject myself to this practical program of action, and it was in the steps that I was brought into a new relationship with my higher power that I came to believe. And now today, I'm not all those things I described. Thank you, God. I would have been a dead man. I can guarantee you I wouldn't have been on this line. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, very grateful. With that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Larry Kay. Who else would like to comment on these two paragraphs? Lauren S. Hi, Lauren S. Good morning. <laughs> Hi. Um, I did it. Okay. Lauren S. as in Sam from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a recovered compulsive reader. Yeah, the Alpha and the Omega, rather vain of us, wasn't it? Um, yeah, seeing that I knew the Alpha and the Omega from A to Z, I knew it all. <laughs> and I like, well, I relate to when it says spearheads. I was pointed. People and program who are unblocked always point me to God. And I find that if they if someone has a true spiritual awakening, they're gonna point me to the solution, the spiritual solution. <clears throat> Just like I'm pointed in this meeting and to my fellows, my fellows who are recovered, they point me to God. They point me to God which is what I need. I'm a chronic compulsive reader. I need pointed to a spiritual solution. I came in the rooms thinking I had a little problem with the food and weight. I wasn't ready to change myself. I, I wanted to focus on the physical changes. It wasn't until I was approached by those in whom the problem had been solved, that I was ready to change and explore the solution by working the steps from the big book. And one day of working the steps abstinently from the big book garnered me more change and unblockage than hours and months of tools that's my experience. <laughs> With that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren S. Who else would like to comment on what was read today? This is Deanna B. This is Sharon H. in Colorado. Hang on just a second, Deanna. We'll see who else is here with us. Anyone else besides Sharon? Okay, Deanna, if you would like to go, and then Sharon A. should be after you. Good morning. Thank, thank you, Melanie, and thank you for your service. This is Deanna B., grateful, recovered, compulsive reader for today. And this, this reading really hit This reading really hit me a lot. 
because it said even, you know, regarding organized religion, I was always very judgmental. Uh, and I felt justified. They were hypocrites and who was phony and who was the hypocrite? It was me. In reality, I always felt less than. I didn't feel like I belonged always on the outside looking in. Could God help me? Uh, no, God couldn't help me. And, you know, I would not have come back into over Peter's Anonymous last year unless I felt that I was forced to and I had no place else to go. But then I found a new freedom that I've never known. And I just cannot fathom the love that I feel on this line and people and um, it, it, it's the freedom from the food. Food is not an issue just for today, but I have to keep spiritually fit. And uh, I would not have believed that. And I see the value in my own religion that I never saw. I'm Jewish. And for my brother, they were sitting with they call Shiva. Or Shivi, I don't know. I'm not very religious. But to be surrounded by people and family in times of sorrow, such a beautiful thing. I never saw the value of that before. And just for, and I never even said the prayer for the mourner, mourners in English. It was, it's beautiful. It says nothing about death. So, you know, my judgment of others uh, is so unfounded, I guess, what it is. And I just want to share that and thank everybody for being here. And I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deanna B. Sharon H., you're next. Hi, Melanie. This is Sharon. Did you call on me? I sure did. Good morning to you. Okay. Yes, thank you so much. Um, This is Sharon, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Uh, By God's grace, thank you, God. Um, I just wanted to share on this paragraph. um, Actually, we used to have no reasonable conception whatever. We used to uh, amuse ourselves by cynically dissecting spiritual beliefs and practices when we might have observed that many spiritually-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, <clears throat> excuse me, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. And, um, you know, I've, I've been on both sides of this uh, equation with the paragraph up above because I grew up in a religious community as well. Uh, all of my family uh, was part of this religious community, and um, I turned my back on that religious uh, community when I was in my late 20s and my first divorce happened, I got uh, angry at uh, what I was told by the church and so um, backed away completely and didn't realize at the time that I was completely turning my back on on my life source. And um, so I uh, didn't end up until about another 10 years or so in a 12-step program and then that <clears throat> spiritual belief was what I found in those rooms. <clears throat> and then as a result of coming into OA, it was years before then, uh, I had, uh, by God's grace, been given back some of that uh, freedom in a, a religious community that I had turned my back on. And so both 
both things have worked for me, and I am so grateful. And yet I was just as agnostic when it came to the belief of this food addiction um, because I thought, well, you know, this is something I can handle in my own um you know, in my own strength, I can manage it, I can, can control it. And today I just realized I was lying to myself. I didn't want to give it up. And it wasn't until I began listening to this program and heard the sobering facts of this illness, the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, that I was beaten into that state of reasonableness. And now I have experienced that freedom uh, that only a higher power, God, as you understand, can give to any of us. And... um so I'm just so grateful to hear these two paragraphs and to see uh, how faithful this God was to me through this process because I am I am one of his very stubborn, rebellious ones. And yet, uh, you know, as I understand it, he just keeps pursuing us and he pursues all of us until we, we are willing to lay it down and follow the directions in this book. And with that, I pass. I just lost my sister and it's been uh, just a whirlwind week. She died from a debilitating illness, and so I'm just so grateful that by God's grace, I'm getting through this abstinence, um, and with that, I pass. Thanks, Melanie. Thank you so much, Sharon H. Anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Janice. I'd like to share. This is Vasa. So, Good morning, Janice, and then I also heard Vasa. Anyone else? Solveig. Say one more time, please. I didn't catch that. Solveig. Solveig. Would you spell it's that a, for me? I it's didn't. not an American name. It's S-O-L-V-E-I-G. <laughs> V-E-I-G. Oh, Solveig. Okay, great. I think I got it that time. Anyone else? Suji. Suji. Okay, let's go with Janice, Vasa, Solveig, and Suji. Good morning, Janice. Well, good morning to you, Melanie, and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Yes, these two paragraphs are me, 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 me. My human intelligence was the last word. I was so self-righteous, and the way I was brought up, not blaming them, but I just grew up to believe that the way I believed was the way to believe. <laughs> and there was nothing else. And it says how the alpha and the omega, the alpha and the omega, you know, that refers to my God of my understanding today. You know, and I was pretty vain, wasn't I, to think that the way you believed was wrong, the way I believed was right. And, you know, that goes into other behaviors, etc. But anyway, it says, we have learned that whatever the human frailties of wrong fates, then it says people of faith. Now, it doesn't say people of a certain religion. It says faith what you believe in. Now, we don't have faith in, I mean, some of us already had some faith at the second step, but we have to remember that this is step two. We don't have the faith yet, you know, to believe, some of us, you know. I know I thought I had it, but it was the wrong the wrong way of thinking. But we have to, this book, teach, this uh, step teaches me that um, to be open-minded, to be open-minded and willing to believe, because belief comes before my faith. I mean, faith doesn't just come. I have to believe before the faith. And if I don't believe, I have to be willing to believe. And today I am so grateful because today these this logical idea, they have a purpose. People of faith have a purpose 
yes, I have a purpose as a recovered compulsive overeater today, and I have a direction that I'm going in. I feel useful. I feel useful to my higher power, and I feel useful to my family, and I feel useful to others. And, you know, it's only because we, I, I couldn't argue with the recovered compulsive overeaters in the room when I saw them, experienced them, talked to them. You know, they were happy and free. You know, um, they were old. They were young. They were different creeds. They were different religions. And I was still in disease, as miserable and lonely and emotional turmoil. Today I'm not like that because of finding this power through these 12 steps. And it all began with the small, small willingness to believe that this program does work. If it works for me, it'll work for you. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice M. Vasa O. Thank you. Thanks, Melanie, for your service. And good morning. I'm Vasa O. Recover Compulsive Vida, calling from Florida. And I'm just so grateful that uh, I found uh, the big book. I don't think my religion would have helped me when it came to the food addiction. I am I, just so grateful for the big book, and I'm so grateful for the people that wrote the big book, and I'm so grateful for the people who went before me. And I'm grateful that my first few meetings were not in a church because I was afraid. I, again, I grew up with fearful punishing God. Well, I projected that on God because that's, the, that's how I grew up in a very strict home, very punishing home, using God uh, to get what they wanted. So I was so relieved that uh, my first few meetings were not in a church. I'm grateful that um, uh, this is not a religious program. It's a a spiritual program. I have been hurt by people being in the religion, in a religion, uh, as I said, and uh, I, I, and I have gone back to church, but I haven't gone back to that church yet, you know, but I have an open mind. Um, for me, you know, Overeaters Anonymous, the meetings, the 12 steps, um, and the big book became almost like a Bible at the beginning. You know, that's where I spent mm, a lot of time studying the, the steps, you know, being in the big book. And that's where I found the solution, you know. And, you know, I go to church now. You know, a lot of people are struggling with the food addiction, even over there. So I can share my experience and try and help and bring them to, you know, to uh, 12-step programs. You know, and some of them are dying to hear the message. And some people, maybe from the 12 steps, are dying to find church. So, uh, again, you know, I don't judge, you know, I, I have an open mind, and I'm here just to pass it on, help another compulsive overeater, extend my hand to another human being. And that is my purpose, and that's my mission. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Solveig, you're next. Um, would you be willing to give me the first initial of your last name? F, like Fred. That's like Fred. Okay, great. Thanks. Okay. Welcome. Thanks. Okay. Hi, I'm Solberg. I'm a food addict calling from Germany. And um, for a long time, I've read the big book up and down, uh, searching for recovery. And um, I always liked this sentence, um, like people um, 
I, we would see people display a degree of stability and all of that who would be religious. And always when I read this uh, sentence, I just thought, I was puzzled. I thought, really? I mean, I didn't see so many people get, getting this degree um, of stability and happiness in religion, but I thought it must be possible because I, I always liked uh, loved religion and I always thought it must be possible but I didn't see that many examples. I just um, I grew up in a non religious family but I was born religious myself. I just I was I liked our church. So um but I did not get what it takes for recover recovery in that because um like other people said, punishing God and uh and it's not that people told me God will punish you. It was just in myself, I was just convinced that God would punish me. Um, and just now, in the, I, I really, I love this meeting. Um, this this vision for you meeting gives me really goosebumps because um, I love the big book actually also. Um, because I just realized that God is here, the God of my understanding just exists to save me. I mean, that's what he wants to do. He wants to help me with compulsive overeating. And before that, for long years, for many years, I could not get the, the idea that God would help me. I always thought, like, I have to do for God. I have to follow command, commandments. I have to be good. I have to do this. Um, and I could not. I mean, I thought I, I did. But in, in really, I could not get the concept of a God helping me. I'm so glad that we are discussing all this um, chapter here because I really got, um, I really understood that it doesn't make sense if the higher power isn't willing to help you. So I believe now, I came to believe that the higher power um, is going to help me. And uh, this is a total difference and helps me with my abstinence tremendously. Thank you. And with this, I pass. Thank you, Solveig F. Like Frank from Germany. So, Dee, you're next. Star one to unmute, Sue. and unmuting. I must be a control freak. Okay. Um, here I am recovered in Pennsylvania, I hope, just for the moment. And so I look at this and I say, whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, these faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. And, and I look at the word prejudice, lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. Prejudice, so I looked up prejudice, and it says, opinions formed without due knowledge or examination, bias to cause someone to judge prematurely and irrationally, irrational suspicion or hatred of a particular group, race, or religion. Well, that about covers it. So I think of something... I've learned in my life with multiple losses and a return to the religion that I, I lived in a, as a diaspora Jew and I was prejudiced against it. But 
it is it is my religion and i and i feel everything i ever learned i learned at shiva at the at the, the ritual after someone dies where where part of the story is it's just like a 12 step meeting where people remember the person who died and they remember each of us remembers our own story about it and shares that we're 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 supposed to share it and so i went to the shiva of a beloved aunt and and i heard the story uh, there was a story passed through my family that was that was untrue and how did i learn it was untrue by hearing a whole bunch of people's version of the story and who did i learn from it's just like being at this meeting. I, I learned from everybody who was there and, and from that prayer that that is basically praise God. It doesn't say, I'm so sorry for myself. God, how could you take this person away from me? It says, praise the higher power. That's the God of my understanding as, as it is today. And I'm not telling anybody this to say this should be the God of your understanding. That's none of my business and it doesn't have my name on it. But but the God of my understanding, I get by by giving up my prejudice, so that I can learn from anybody, anywhere, and and I am so grateful for that in recovery. Thanks for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Suji. Would anyone else like to comment on this paragraph? Monica, Sherry K, Georgia. Let's see who else is out there? I have Monica and Sherry K. Anyone else? <laughs> Leah. And Leah. Okay, great. Thank you. Monica T., you're up first. Good morning, Melanie. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. We who have traveled this dubious path beg you to lay aside prejudice even against organized religion. We, and who's we? We are the first 100 recovered alcoholics who have traveled this dubious path, this uncertain path. Boy, this is uncertain territory here, this second step, you know, coming to believe that there's some type of power out there that can help me here with something that I have tried for decades to to control, to work on, to whatever, and, and failing all the time. Beg you. And this, there's beg you. They use this word beg only twice in the, in the big book here, and we'll see it again in how it works. They're begging us. We who have traveled this uncertain path, we know what's on the other end. We've been through the door. We beg of you to lay aside prejudice. Prejudice. Monica, your old ideas even against organized religion or against anything, my old ideas against everything. And, and this gave me hope in a way, you know, it gave me hope. All right, all right, you're at, you know, set aside things. And I was given a wonderful, wonderful prayer that we called the set-aside prayer. And, this, and some of the wording comes from this here, you know, God help me to set aside everything I think I know about myself, my brokenness, which means my disease, my spiritual path in you, for an open mind and a new experience of myself, my brokenness, my spiritual path, and especially you. And since I have been saying this prayer for quite a while, it is the most 
powerful thing I have found. And I have, God has shown so much to me. And you know, it's not me. It's God, it's God, it's God. And all I had to do was, you know, lay aside some old ideas. Because you know what? My ideas did not work. Where did my ideas get me? Crazy woman, over 230 pounds and miserable. But when I tried some of these ideas, hmm, what a what a wonderful life today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Monica T. Sherry Kay. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Sherry Kay from Georgia. Um, um, I spent um, quite a few years searching for um, God <laughs> um, in churches and retreats and. Um, I was sitting here thinking maybe I was, um, you know, trying to find uh, other people's God. Um, And I honestly, honestly don't believe that I would be where I'm at today and and have um, a relationship with uh, my higher power and actually bring him into my days and my nights um, if I were not... A compulsive overeater, and you know I, I'm at the point where I say um, I am a grateful compulsive overeater because of that. I, I, I know God, and I never knew Him before, and um, and I'll soon be 61 years old. So I guess it's better late than never. Anyway, thank you for letting me share. I'll pass. Well, thank you, Sherry Kay. Leah M, you're next. Thank you, Mel. Good morning, everybody. It's Leah M., Recovered Compulsive Overeater. Uh, We who have traveled this dubious path, uncertain path, beg you to lay aside prejudice, old ideas. And I also wanted to, you know, focus in on uh, many spiritually-minded persons of all races, colors, and creeds were demonstrating a degree of stability, happiness, and usefulness, which we should have sought ourselves. You know, it just reminds me that... um, you know, my best thinking got me here, and this thinking of mine was my greatest obstacle in my recovery process. You know, the reality was, and the results were that there were men and women who were living proof that this program of recovery and a relationship with a power greater than themselves as they understood that power had restored them to sanity. Um you know, they were carrying a message of depth and weight. And me, I was being crushed by a self-imposed crisis. You know, no one, this was no one else's fault but myself. I was imposing this crisis on myself. Uh, You know, so I, you know, it was like a big show-and-tell operation meeting people in whom the problem had been solved. You know, because my basic flaw had been faulty dependence, faulty dependence on people, faulty dependence on circumstances to supply me with a feeling of security and well-being and stability and happiness and usefulness. And, of course, when I would fail to get those things according to my demands and specifications and wishes, it led me to more fighting and more discord and, of course, a greater urgency to dig my fists into bags and boxes, because I was seeing things from only my perspective, a very uh, self-reliant, intellectual perspective um, where, 
you know, only my perspective counted and only my thoughts were correct and only my emotions were justified and only if things could be intellectually understood. Um, and of course, what was the result of that? The result was that I was in the grips of a disease which was progressing like a runaway train and leaving me in tremendous madness and mayhem for almost two decades. However, <laughs> there were people in whom the problem who had been solved. And I get wound up um, because I love this program, and I got charged up, not because I get excited to talk. I get excited and charged up and excited about us. Because I have seen this transformation in so many numbers of people who have gone through this process, have created a relationship as a result of these steps with a power greater than themselves, that they understand them, and have been restored to sanity. <laughs> and what better proof do I need? A big show-and-tell operation. That's what I say. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Leah. And we do have time for one more, it looks like, before we wrap up this hour recorded sharing. Anyone else like to Please. share on this paragraph? Chelsea? Hey, Chelsea, good morning. It is your Hey, time. Melanie. Thank you for your Hi. service. This is Chelsea. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater for today. I'm grateful to be on the line. Um, I want to look at the line here that says, uh, we learn we that whatever the human frailties of various faiths may be, those faiths have given purpose and direction to millions. And part of my issue with the whole idea of thinking that I was God had to do with me um, picking and choosing and deciding and giving people all types of um, instructions on how they should live their life. And meantime, I'm spinning my wheels going nowhere. I was basically just stuck, bitter, and on that bridge of reason, standing there, with traffic, oncoming traffic, food, various eateries, stopping in every place, banging me up every which way, and I could not get loose on my own, and I kept trying, spinning my wheels, spinning my wheels. Looking at OA, when I look at it to that avenue of me walking without purpose and direction, all the faults, I could only pick out what OA was doing wrong. And also even with the program itself, doing the a la carte style, picking the things that I want to do from the program, bantying about slogans and everything, all the while miserable, fat, and just angry at the world because nothing was going the way that my humanness wanted it to go, human frailties. But my experience now is a lot different, and living in the realm of faith is a lot different for me today. And um, Bill W. talks, he wrote about the dilemma of no faith, and in it he talked about how that phrase, God as we understood him, is perhaps the most important expression found in our whole AA vocabulary, he says. And he talks about how a higher power, a power greater than ourselves, for those of us who are agnostic temperament, that becomes the frame, he says, of a doorway over whose threshold the unbeliever can take the, his first easy step into a reality hitherto unknown to him, and that is the realm of faith. And I'm just grateful today that little by slowly, the more I surrender, the freer I get. The more I let go of whatever it is that I think that I'm capable of doing, which I'm not because I'll never rise above being human, the freer I get. The more I decide that I am not God and believe it, then I'm able then to surrender. That's what this whole thing is about for me here in step two. Give it up. It's all over. 
And as I continue to grow in effectiveness and understanding, stop judging everybody else's spiritual plate. Keep my eyes on my own spiritual plate. And thanks a lot for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Chelsea H. And thank you to everyone who has shared today. It's time to close this portion of our meeting, and we'll close with reading the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Chelsea H. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.